A joy to have you here. The basis of my sermon is from the epistle just read to you. As St. Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do do, and the things I do want to do, I don't do. Who will save me, the wretched man I am? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Good morning. In greetings and peace in the name of Jesus, who is the head of his church. It's a question of honesty. So a pastor had a sermon series over the Gospel of Mark, and the topic for that week was honesty, and he asked his parishioners before the next week to read the 17th chapter of Mark. So at the beginning of the message, he asked how many of parishioners remember the last week to read the 17th chapter of Mark, and a few slowly raised their hand. And some other people sitting in church felt bad, and they raised their hand too. Some more people raised their hand until anyone who didn't have their hand up felt awkward until they all raised their hand. We all read Mark chapter 17, and the pastor said, thank you for your honesty. There are only 16 chapters in the Gospel of Mark, okay? (laughs) Honesty is a lonely word. So talking about honesty... What sins do you struggle with, to be honest? Do you struggle with pride, envy, greed, lust, laziness? What sins do you and I struggle with? Is it gossiping? Is it slander? Is it coveting? Is it taking God's name in vain? What sins do you struggle with? Pride, arrogance, running your mouth, not speaking up for others. What sins do you and I struggle with? And even those sins that we just can't seem to overcome, those sins that nag us year after year, decade after decade, what sins do you and I struggle with, to be honest? That's a rather somewhat of a painful question. And to the person who says they don't have sin, then that person probably isn't a Christian because no Christian would honestly say they don't struggle with sin. person says they don't struggle with sin, we have to question if they're a Christian. Why? Well, go ahead and read. We say we have. That's very familiar. We read in the liturgy. person who says they have no sin, the truth isn't in them, because we are all sinners, and we all struggle with sin. And sometimes you just can't keep away from certain sins. Lust, greed, pride, sloth, anger, rage, Revenge. Do any hit home? They do with me. Idolatry. So we struggle with sin, and yet we show up here on Sunday morning. We sometimes wonder how God might look at us. God, you know the sins I commit. You know sometimes, to be honest with you, I'm a hypocrite. But friends in Christ, I have good news for you. Can I read it for you? My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. That sort of echoes back to the song we just sung. Christ, my sure defense. Jesus Christ, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and sins of the world. So friends in Christ, for those who struggle with sin, Jesus says, I forgive you in faith. I forgive you and I redeem you. Honestly. King David... King David is like that guy in high school. You know the cute one? He got all the tensions. Getting a date wasn't hard. He's on National Honor Society. 
He's also a starting quarterback. You know, he's a homecoming king. He liked everybody. He had it all. That was sort of King David. King David was very blessed by God. Remember, as a boy, he played the harp to soothe Saul. And then remember when Philistine, that giant, insulted God's holy people, and David took five stones and killed Goliath with a what? Remember that? A man after God's own heart. That's what the psalm describes David as. But then we all know, much like the weather this past week, it was hot. David went up on the roof to get cool, and there he saw who bathing? Bathsheba. And something that would appear like an American TV show. He lusted after her, committed adultery, then the death of Bathsheba's husband. David, too, struggled with sin, as most of the people in the Bible. And so Nathan, the prophet, the pastor of God, came and confronted David for his sin. And David struggled with sins, and this is where David found hope. Read it for me. Create in me a clean heart, God, and renew a righteous spirit within me. Maybe that's why that's part of our liturgy for us who struggle with sin. You forgive me, Christ. Create in me a clean heart. Renew me with your spirit. You struggle with sin. Spoiler alert, I'm sort of a movie guy, so um, one of my favorite movies is, back up, sorry, I clicked too fast, Braveheart. Now, Braveheart's an epic about William Wallace who won freedom for Scotland from England, and we all know Mel Gibson, he's the warrior. But to me, that's not Braveheart. In the movie, he is Earl the Bruce the 17th, and he's in line to become King of Scotland and his father is a corrupted, lousy politician who only wants him to become king so he can have land and titles and money. And Earl of Bruce has to struggle with it. I'm entitled in line to become king of Scotland. I'm going to be a lousy, self-centered, self-absorbed politician. Or here is William Wallace, a commoner, who fights with a pure heart and for freedom, and he's torn between the two. His father, who desires that he stays in a long line of corrupt, lousy politicians? Or am I going to be a servant like William the Lawless, leading people and using my resources to bless the nation? And throughout the movie, you see pictures of him there. He has to struggle with that. Am I going to be allegiance with people who are going to help me become a self-centered king? Or am I going to do it right and take the heat for it? And he struggles with that. He has comes to the conclusion, that's why I call him Braveheart. He's Braveheart. He's the one who throughout the movie has to struggle with, am I going to be a corrupt, lousy politician, or am I going to be a decent king and ruler? And that leads us to this. See, for you and I, there's two of you and two of me. No, I'm not talking psychology or psychiatry now, but for us believers, there's two of you and two of me. What do I mean by that? Well, Martin Luther says this. Martin Luther says, Martin Luther says, was sima, sima justus epicator. What's that? That's Latin. For what? Simultaneously justified in sinner. Simul, simultaneously, justus, justified et and peccator sinner. You and I, believers in Christ, we are sinners and saints at the same time. All of us here are sinners and saints. I'm a saint because Jesus died for me. You're a saint. Jesus died for you. We're a holy one. We're saints in Jesus because we've forgiven freely. And yet at the same time, we're lousy sinners. And we're going to sin until the day we what? 
Got it. That's you and I. We're sinners and saints. And we struggle between the two, much like Braveheart and much like David. And so faith is actually this. Faith is what? It's a struggle. It's a struggle for the old nature and new nature, the sinner and saint inside of me. Faith is a struggle, and I'm sure many of you experience that in your own life. Am I going to continue to sin, or am I going to take the path God has chosen for me, the old nature and new nature? Now, my wife's here, and sometimes, like on a hot day like today, we like to go shopping just to get out, see something different. My previous congregation, there's a large Costco about a mile from our home. We enjoyed that walk around, something to drink, get out in the cool. Or maybe sometimes you just had to go shopping Sunday afternoon. And once in a while when I go shopping on a Sunday afternoon, I run into parishioners, okay? And I run into people who are members of the church who have been in church for like a couple weeks, couple months, or a couple years, but they know who I am, okay? So I'm shopping Sunday afternoon, and it's especially for those who hadn't been in church that day, all right? You follow me? So there's three excuses, all right? There's three responses. Sorry, not excuses, responses. The one is they avoid me. Let's go to the dairy aisle, okay? <laughs> Let's go to the chip aisle. Pass me in there. So one, when people see me in the mall or at Costco or Walmart, and I, they haven't been in church that day, they try to avoid me, okay? Or the other thing is I run into them, and they act as if nothing's wrong. Like I hadn't seen him in church for two years. Hey, pastor, how you doing? Fine. How's the wife? Fine. How's the parents? Okay. How's the kids? Okay, everything's good. Oh, good. They act as if nothing's wrong. Okay? So one excuse, one, I'm sorry, not excuse, one response is they avoid me in the store, or they act as if nothing's wrong, and then the third response is they what? Pastor, I know I need to be at church, and I said, you're right. <laughs> I did, okay? <laughs> pastor, I haven't been in church for a long time. I know it's been 42 weeks I've been counting. No, I'm just kidding. Pastor, I know I need to get back to church. I said, yeah, we're going to have the walls. People are going to be holding on the walls. No, I'm just kidding, okay? What I do share is, is yeah, we missed you, and, and the door's always open. You see, faith is a battle. Guess who I'm more concerned about? The people who avoid me, the people who act as nothing's wrong, and the people who confess. Guess which people I'm more concerned about? The first two. The third person who confesses, there's a battle going on. They know they need to be in God's house. The first two is like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I'm concerned about. Is there a battle going on? Because faith is a battle. It's a battle between our old sinful nature and our new nature in Christ. It's a sinner and saint, the battle going on. Faith is a what? It's a battle. St. Paul says this. Yeah, faith is a battle. And so we have to ask ourselves, sorry, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Oh, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. Some people call it the doobie-doos. Romans chapter 7, the struggle of faith. Even St. Paul recognizes it. Oh, by the way, St. Paul was beaten for his faith, shipwrecked for his faith, drugged before kings and princes for his faith. He is left for dead for the faith. Were any, anyone here... Any of you have that happen to you for your faith? Neither did I. I don't think Pastor Lane can say the same. I was never drugged before a king or princess. I was never left for dead. I was never beaten for my faith, never shipwrecked for my faith. But he was, and this is what he says about himself. So St. Paul is honest and says, the things I don't want to do, I do do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. It's a struggle. Faith is a battle. Do you sense the battle? Because sometimes this is some of the battle we go through in our minds. Let me go through this. 
do I really want to worship? Been in church for a couple weeks. Do I really want to go to worship? Do I really want to write that check? There's a couple things I want. It's a battle. Do I really want to focus during the sermon? Because listening to a sermon takes effort. I'm going to have to be engaged. I'm going to have to use my brain. It's not easy to listen to a sermon. It takes effort. It takes time. Do I really want to do that? Do I really want to invest that much? Do I really want to get involved? Well, last time I got involved in the committee, I got in an argument with someone, and that's not fun. Do I really want to get involved and get my hands dirty? That's a battle. It's a struggle for us to do, for me too. The question you ask yourself, do I really want to mature? Do I really want to expand myself in Bible study and become uncomfortable with who I am? Do I really want to grow and mature? Do I want to speak up? I was at a restaurant once, and there was a sin at a booth, and there was someone the booth next to me just kept on taking God's name in vain, and I knew I needed to say something, and, and the person in another booth beat me to it and said, you know, that person's my savior. I felt bad. That person spoke up. Do I really want to speak up for the truth? Do I really want to open up my mouth when something needs to be said? I might not be popular. Do I really want to defend the truth? Faith is a battle, and all of us, we deal with that battle daily. It's a battle that we go through as believers. So where do I go from here? Because in all honesty, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We struggle with sin. Where do I go from here? Because faith is a battle. And just like St. Paul, yeah, St. Paul got me. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do do. It's a battle. Well, first of all, where do I go from here? Be honest. Just come clean. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. I fall short. That's me. You got me. Seriously, I'm a sinner. I don't do everything I say I need to do. Be honest. The world despises what? Hypocrisy. Just come clean. I like the t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. Now, this is July 4th weekend. There's one thing about us Americans, I still think this is true for us, is we're a very forgiving nation. If you come out and be what? clean and honest. Just come on and say, I did it. I'm wrong. And America tends to be a very forgiving nation. So where do we go from here? Well, be honest. Yeah, Lord, I sinned. I sinned. And when we admit that, then we flee to the cross. The more I walk in faith, the more you walk in faith in this life, the closer I get to the cross because the more I know I need forgiveness. Because the more I know I fall and stumble, just like you, I flee to the cross. The more I have to realize I'm forgiven in baptism, and the more I desire the Lord's Supper. I don't walk away from the cross. I walk closer to the cross because I need the cross more. Flee to the cross. St. Paul, who struggled with sin, just like David and Braveheart, you and I, this is what he says. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So where do we go? Lord, I'm coming clean. I've forgiven the cross. I'm drawn close to the cross of the cross my whole life and receive forgiveness. What a blessing that is. Feed the new nature. Where? Well, in Bible study, in worship. Do you have daily devotions? Do you say daily prayers? Feed the new nature. Feed it. Starve the what? Do you hang out with friends that lead you into sin? Do you watch stuff that corrupts your mind? Do you listen to people who have attitudes? 
that harm you? I'm not saying don't be their friend. I'm simply saying realize that. Feed the new nature and starve the what? The old nature. Going somewhere leads you into temptation. Watching somebody, something or someone leads you to temptation. Starve that. Don't do that. Feed the new, starve the old. It's a battle. It's not easy. Here in God's house, the new nature is fed. Repentance and forgiveness. What a blessing that is. Realize that faith is a what? It's going to be a battle. Faith is a battle. So I find this law at work. I'm sorry. I find this law at work for all of us. Back up one. Here we go. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me, even though in my inner being I delight in God's law. So deep down inside, we might say, I want to be more generous. I want to be more intense. I want to be in Bible study more. I want to be more giving person. I want to be the person who keeps their mouth closed in a debate or an argument. I want to be those things. That law is at work. It's a battle. But realize, in faith in Christ, constant repentance and forgiveness, we fight the good fight until the day we what? Die. Faith's a battle until the day we die by God's grace. So our victory is where? Final victories is ours. It's a battle. Lord, forgive me always. We are called to be what? Stand firm to the end and be saved. Every day is a battle. By God's grace, we have victory. So let's be honest. We're all sinners. Jesus died for all of us. Faith is a battle. Allow Christ in his word to touch you and renew you and lead you as he calls us. Okay? How about this for a closing thought? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be what? Filled. And all God's people say, Amen.